Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. This Advent season at Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church, we are considering some of God's impossible realities during worship. God takes some impossible situations and breathes life and possibility into them. We are looking to the prophet Isaiah to guide us in this pursuit. And when we read the prophet, we read of some impossible promises. At least they look impossible to our eyes. The impossibilities are what God is working to make real and happen in the world. Last week, the prophet told us to pursue the path of God's hope, God's impossible hope that people would wage goodness and love and mercy rather than wage conflict, selfishness, or war. This week, the prophet proclaims an impossible peace. And if there were not any greater illustration of this, would it not be that wolves and leopards and lions and bears, oh my, that all of these live in harmony with lambs and kids and calves and cows? Even a small child might play among the den of poisonous snakes and not be bitten. And there's a part of us that says, really? Come now, prophet, could this really happen? Yes, the prophet says, it can, it does, it will. Woody Allen, on the other hand, had a more skeptical interpretation of this scripture. He said that the wolf shall lie with the lamb, but the lamb won't get much sleep. Does he have a point? More rational thinkers might say, come now, preacher. There is truly a limit to this reality, this kind of peace. And I hear those voices. I do. It, it does seem just too good to be true when we hear the scripture, doesn't it? But the prophet is in the business of pointing to God's way of thinking, God's way of acting. And the prophet is, well, the prophet is clear. Regardless of any doubts that we might have, God's peace is being made known throughout the earth. And a profound peace it is that will be made real and known among the people. The kind where a wolf and lamb will lie and the lamb will sleep sound. We should probably take note that this peace is a particular kind of peace. The prophet is speaking of the peace that in Hebrew is called shalom. Shalom is not the peace that I long for when my children screech their way through the house 
with incomprehensible joy over a cardboard box. No, shalom is not the peace that I long for waiting in construction traffic. Shalom is not the peace that looks like short lines at the grocery store. Too often we define peace as an absence of something undesirable. Noise, frustration, conflict, war. Instead, shalom is well-being. Shalom is a, a sense of wholeness in mind and in body. Shalom is the clear presence of God's sacred grace. Shalom is safety. Shalom is justice. Shalom is God's perfection for the world. When we experience shalom, it makes us want to share shalom. When we experience that blessing, we want to share that blessing. It makes us hope that others might know this gift of God's shalom, God's peace. And this kind of peace on some days does seem impossible. And maybe it is impossible for us to create it on our own, perhaps. But the prophet is not talking about us. The prophet speaks of God who makes this impossible peace possible. And the challenge that we have in Advent is that we take a hard look at what is impossible. We stop and consider the troubling waters of the world. The prophets and the gospels reveal the kinds of darkness that does exist. And when we are confronted with these realities, the prophet then points us to see where God's love and God's power is alive and active in the world. Now often in this season, preachers turn to a very particular story of peace about Christmas. I've told it myself on Christmas Eve and sermons in Advent. It's the story of the miraculous Christmas truce in World War I in 1914. And there are stories of Christmas truces that span all kinds of fronts and among the trenches. One such story was told by Alfred Anderson, who was 18 when he was on the Western Front. One evening, some voices sang across a frozen battlefield, and that evening was Christmas Eve. Stille Nacht, helge Nacht, alle schlaft in somewhat. And as they finished Silent Night, a lone German soldier stood up on the battlefield in no man's land. He stood holding a small tree in one hand and a candle for light in the other. He called out to the mostly British allied soldiers in broken English, Merry Christmas, 
we not shoot, you not shoot. And slowly, tired, weary soldiers lay down their weapons, and they crawled out of the trenches, and they shared provisions and food, wine. They lit one another's cigarettes. And on Christmas Day, there were stories of soccer matches. There were stories of enemies singing songs of hope and peace together. And there was, for a brief time, a peace in a conflict that left 31 million people dead, wounded, or missing. Now, these stories of the truths have defined a radical understanding of peace for many people. But the war returned. The lamb really did not get much sleep. One officer wrote home in a letter saying, you really would hardly have thought that we were at war. Here we were, enemy talking to enemy. They, like ourselves, with mothers, with sweethearts, with wives, waiting to welcome us home and to think within a few hours we will be firing at each other again. And they did. They returned to the trenches, picked up their arms, and the war continued on. For the human imagination, this story is one that has described our understanding of peace. But it is limited, and in the end, it is unfulfilled. One of the greatest limitations in our own faith to understanding God's shalom is our own lack of imagination for how big God's peace really is. Because the peace that God promises is complete. It is a peace that goes beyond what we think is impossible. When God's peace is encountered, such truces like the Christmas truce are final, complete. All is fulfilled, and soldiers in that situation would have returned home, all of them. But our world is broken and fearful and still waiting on shalom, still waiting on that child who is born to us that Christmas morn. The promise of God is that God's peace is entering the world, and while it is not a full reality yet, signs of shalom enter our lives regularly. Shalom will change us when we see it and grab hold of it. And if God's shalom is entering the world and entering our lives, then we have a role to play in this impossible possibility that God is making happen. We need to turn and face the grief, the heartache, the brokenness of the world. The church must hold our pain alongside God's love. 
And we must be gentle with each other and fierce, absolutely fierce about what works against God's promise of shalom. The church and the people join the voice of the prophet, and we need to tell a different story, the one that we tell in the Advent season and in the Christmas season. And we do. It's the story of a child, a Messiah, one who is called God with us, and it is a story that describes what God's peace looks like. It is a story for us right now as much as it ever has been. The Anglican priest Trish Harrison Warner wrote a column for the New York Times. Church member shared it with me last weekend, and she opens this less glamorous side of Advent, this challenging work that God calls the people to. And she wrote this. To practice Advent is to lean into an almost cosmic ache, our deep, wordless desire for things to be made right and the incompleteness we find in the meantime. We dwell in a world still racked with conflict, violence, suffering, darkness. Advent holds a space for our grief, she writes. And it reminds us that all of us, in one way or another, are not only wounded by the evil in the world, but are also wielders of it, contributing our own moments of unkindness or impatience or selfishness. We need collective space as a society to grieve, to look long and hard at what is cracked and fractured in our world and in our lives. And only then can we celebrate what is deep and rich and resonant, not as a saccharine act of delusion, but as a defiant act of hope. Real peace does not come when we hide behind lights and presents and decorations. Grief cannot be covered up with cheerful holiday songs or cookie exchanges. Wounds cannot be healed by parties or money or even legislation. Peace does not come without real transformation. Another spiritual writer, Rebecca Solnit, wrote that this kind of peace is impossible when we rely only on ourselves, when we only trust our own gifts and our own relationships. In Advent, we take our own gifts and our own relationships and we trust them to God. And there are days still ahead of us this Advent season as we wait on Christmas, and we do not wait alone. We wait as a church, as a community, as friends and strangers, as neighbors. And in the meantime, as we wait together, we can forgive and we can ask for forgiveness. We can listen even when it sounds like there is no way forward. We can love even when we are not sure we're feeling it.
And then peace won't just happen to us. Peace won't just come from some external source that we are longing for. Peace will also live deep within us, every one of us. And when that day comes, we will belong to that peace as much as it belongs to us, as much as it belongs to God. Peace comes when we confront this grief and hate and selfishness. Peace comes when we turn these over to the power of God's shalom. Peace comes when we give ourselves to God's grace. Peace comes when we give our lives to cultivating God's shalom in us. It is a grace that makes impossible things possible. It is a grace that is not ours, but is given to us willingly by a God who is with us. And God's impossible peace comes in a child, a Messiah, a Savior, God with us. Christ is coming. Let us continue to prepare the way every day of this Advent season, knowing that Christmas draws near. May we give thanks to God for this peace, this shalom, impossible as it may seem, that God is making real among us every day. Thanks be to God. Amen.